Thanks for tuning into Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is an author and founder of AdventPreaching.com. Christopher Finley, welcome to Upward Way. Hello, thank you for having me. Greetings to all, everyone that's listening to this. Thank you so much for joining us. Amen. And I must say thanks for taking the time out of what I know is your busy schedule being a student and all, to share your story with us today. I'm just going to ask you, Christopher, just to share with the audience a little about your background in terms of when and how your faith journey began. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm, uh, I'm blessed to be here. Before we dive into the, the journey, I want us to just quickly pray for the listeners who's going to be listening, that this uh, audio and podcast can get out to the right people, And my prayer is that somebody who may be listening to this, maybe they're not a Christian or they're um, struggling with their calling in life. I pray that this can inspire them to be closer with God and to trust in God because he hears our prayers and he cares about he cares about us and he loves us and he's with us right now. So I'm going to pray that many people may be inspired and empowered to serve the Lord after they hear this conversation. Um, Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to serve you. And Jesus, the fact that you're with us right now listening, Lord, I pray that you can guide the questions, guide our hearts, guide our minds, fill us with your wisdom and your Holy Spirit, because you have plans for us that are greater than anything we can ever dream of or think of. And you are preparing heaven for us. You promised it to us, Lord. So we talk to you in this moment, asking for you to come into our hearts, come into our minds, and for you to bless us with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. So now that we have had the prayer, you could just walk us now when and how your faith journey began. It all began when I was... When I was younger, I was around, I would believe eight years old when I first got introduced to the Adventist message, but I wasn't consistent when it came to going to church. I was baptized because I heard the preacher preaching and I felt the calling from the Holy Spirit to give my life to Jesus Christ because it talked about Jesus and going to heaven But when it came to the full gospel, I don't believe at eight years old, and I don't know how many eight-year-olds could really break down the depth and the life and the love of God, you know? So, and we're still learning that, but, you know, I wasn't consistent, but I knew that the Holy Spirit came over my life because I experienced it. I experienced the joy. I experienced the peace. I experienced the, the fact that God loves me. So even in that moment, God was able to minister to me because God was speaking to my life, saying to me, you are my child. 
after that, I was not consistent with church. And you, I went through phases of my life where I struggled with the fact that my mom, she had to work really hard raising uh, her kids. And it wasn't always easy for us. So I, I was struggling with my identity and who I was and what was my calling. And then I started trying to find mentors in reading and books and learning about entrepreneurship and, and um, business. And I actually came across a book that my uncle referred to me called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So when I read that book by Robert Kiyosaki, I believe that I read it at a really early age in my life where everything in my life just shifted to business, like business. I got to start a business. I have to be an entrepreneur. That inspired me to go out there and start um, raking leaves and shoveling snow. And, you know, I was a little entrepreneur. And then after that, when I got my computer, I got my first laptop, it went into me doing graphic design and designing flyers for events. So I started going to like parties and stuff like this. And this was times when I was not in the church. But now that I look back on it, I see that God was even able to use some of the entrepreneurship skills for ministry today, uh, the hard work, the work ethic, the dedication that I put in for God. I look at it as the same way how God inspired Paul is the way that he inspires me to preach the gospel and to put in the same effort that I did when I was working in the world and just to use my talent now for Jesus and to do it faithfully. So as I was going through that journey, um, I got caught up in the entertainment industry and I learned about what the nightlife was like. And, and Jesus, by his grace, by his mercy, he was able to speak to my soul in the depths of low times in my life where he called me to come to church because I, I was looking for a peace that was greater than anything that I could find in the world. And I do make Jesus Christ the highlight of my testimony and my story. I don't believe that we should spend time dwelling on some of the things that we have experienced in the past, but we should look at ways that God has been keeping us safe, keeping his grace, keeping his mercy over our lives. I'm grateful and I'm fortunate to be able to preach Jesus today because he saved me. When I walked into a church one day, I remember I was around 19 years old and the Holy Spirit spoke to my mind and my heart in the form of thoughts to say, hey, this is what God is calling you to do. When I saw the pastor preaching a sermon, but at that time, I didn't fully understand the gospel. I didn't understand what it meant. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I didn't know that all we have to do is believe, believe in the transforming power of Jesus believe in the blood of Christ on the cross. I thought at that time that you had to clean yourself up before you came back to God. So there, my plan went into action. I was going to continue my business. And then I was going to try to clean myself up. And by the time I was maybe 20 years later, 40 years old, and I already achieved my accolades in the world, I will come back to God. But I realized five years later, when my little brother died in a car accident, that that's not always how it works. You know, unfortunately, my little brother died about five years later in a car accident while I was continuing to build my businesses and it rocked my life. It turned my life 
really upside down because I was, I went into a state of confusion. I never expected to lose my little brother in a motorcycle accident. I thought I was going to get very successful and be able to buy him a car dealership and fund his businesses because he loved cars and mechanics and motorcycles. So he was busy in that world, building friendships and relationships. I was busy in the fashion world, traveling. And I realized at that point that God was um, God was there healing me because it was very hurtful to lose my little brother. He was a triplet. I have one sister. She's three years younger. My mom wanted one other baby. She ended up having three at once. So when he died, that shook my whole family. And in moments when I wanted to minister to my little sisters and be a brother at that time, it was really it was really difficult for me because I spent so much time uh, dedicated to business and working that I wasn't able to build those relationships. So at that time, the deepest, darkest moment in my life of losing my little brother, and it was really confusion for me. God came in and stepped into my life and he gave me strength. He gave me healing because when I was walking towards where my little brother died, he died. He got hit off his motorcycle and he got ran over by a truck and it happened in front of a church. So it was directly in the middle of the street in front of a church. When I walked over there to just get answers from God, I was walking that street to really ask God, what happened? Like, what happened to my little brother? Like, why, why did he have to die? Like, so I was just trying to talk to God to get answers to say, Hey God, let's make a deal. Just take everything away from me. Take all these things that I've gained, this so-called success that now that I look back on it, it was really just, I was confused. You know, I was running away from my calling and I was just trying to do different projects, but none of them would really work because even as I was achieving worldly success, I didn't have the peace. I didn't feel peaceful about anything that was going on in my life. And God ministered to me in that moment. And he spoke to me after a prayer, I said, on the floor in front of the, the church, I asked God, God, give me strength in this moment because my sisters and my mom, they're going through a lot of pain. And one thing I ask you, Lord, is give me strength so I can be there for my sisters and my mother. And that's when God spoke to my heart. And he said to me, get back into church, preach the word of God. And when he gave me that calling to preach, even then, I didn't understand the gospel. I didn't understand the joy and the peace that we get from Jesus Christ when we look towards the cross of him dying for our sins. I wanted to preach the gospel in that moment because I wanted to make my life better and I wanted to make a new leaf and to make my little brother proud. Like, oh, man, I got to do it right now. I didn't really understand the Adventist message. I, I didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't really know Adventism that time, even though I was baptized as a seven-day Adventist. And that's what led now to where I am today, just to kind of give you or anybody who's listening a foundation of how we got to where we are today. Let me just first, you know, convey my own condolences to you with having that loss. And I can't imagine the extent and gravity of the pain that would have unfolded on your life. I just want to go back just a bit before you, you know, give me the fullness of that turning point. But life as a child, because you mentioned you were about nine when the gospel of Christ first appealed to you. But 
as you outlined, it would not be possible to, to fully grasp. So what was life like for you as a child going through the teenage years, just in terms of the home life? Because you also mentioned your mom, you know, having to work so hard. At that age, I made the decision to be baptized. They allowed me to be baptized, but I never did Bible studies. So I didn't understand the gospel. I didn't understand repentance. There was a lot of things I just didn't understand. Books like Steps of Christ. I wasn't introduced to that at that time that I look back now. And, you know, I know God's will is the most powerful thing. I know God's plans are the most powerful for my life. So growing up, a lot of it was just based on like going to school, working, um, trying to learn about business, trying to do different fun projects in the neighborhood, many different things, playing basketball. I was a regular kid, but I wasn't in church. And that was really me. I could look back at it now and I could say it was me. I didn't know the value of church. I didn't understand. It was there if I could, like my aunts were the one who went to church. My aunts were the, the, the Caribbean, West Indian ones who went to church every Sabbath. But for me, and, and I did have an aunt that would tell me at times, come to church, come to church. But I just didn't understand the value in it. I didn't understand that this was my salvation, you know? And that's why I think one of the most important things we could do is when people are baptized, if we could continue to walk with them and minister to them on their journey, it's not just about dipping them into the water and taking them back up. It's truly about that relationship that we build with them long-term. Many times you have people that hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yes, they want to answer the call to be baptized, but even after they're baptized, there's so many beliefs, there's so many doctrines, there's so many uh, things within our character that we need to surrender to Christ. And this is not just a one sermon or two-week series thing that all of a sudden now we understand the fruits of the Spirit and we could truly walk with God like Enoch or Noah did. So that's one of the things I learned from my personal experience is, you know, it's a journey. That's where the body of Christ comes in. Amen. Well said. And for me, I couldn't agree anymore because it is true. If we go to school, we don't stop studying after our first lesson or our first exam, you know, right throughout our lives, we are studying. So as you have outlined, when a person is baptized, there needs to be lots and lots of follow-up to ensure that they are fully grounded. So going back to, you said that turning point in your life when you spoke, well, the Spirit of God made impressions on your mind and spoke to you to say, preach the gospel. You could just pick up from there as to, you know, how did things unfold after that, I, I went, I told my aunt, I remember I told my first aunt, Aunt Sophie, I told her, like, God's called me to be a pastor. God's called me to be a preacher, to preach the gospel. And she just looked at me, she said, oh, you make a great pastor. And I remember just now going back into my room. And this is like days later, but opening up my Bible and not even knowing how to start. I had to ask my other aunt, like, how do you read the Bible? What do you do? Do you read it from the beginning? And she told me, I would suggest starting with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that was where I first opened up the Word of God and read it and just got introduced to Jesus and the words he would say. And 
it's life changing when you first get to meet Jesus and to see how he how his thoughts were his words were like when you come to the sermon on the mount because me i look at Jesus as one of the greatest preachers that ever existed when you look at the sermon on the mount in Matthew 5 and seeing the multitudes he went up on a mountain and when he was seated his disciples came to him then he opened his mouth and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth and i'm reading these words for the very first time and it's like they're penetrating my soul my life and it's as if god is there with me hugging my soul hugging my heart hugging my life and just giving me the peace that i always seeked for and that's when i fell in love with reading the word of god it was there in my room in one of the hardest parts of my life of confusion so much pain around me and my family and i get introduced to the power of the word of god and i remember just being in awe like wow this is amazing this is powerful and i made a decision there to dedicate my life to learning about the bible and the word of god and this is where like those transitions in my life started to happen where i would read the word of god and even my family we started a call based on this book called steps to christ and if you never read it i would suggest that book for anyone it's a a beginner's guide of how to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I remember when we got to a chapter 11 called Privilege of Prayer and it talks about the fact that prayer is talking to God as a friend, not for him to know who we are, but to enable us to receive him. Prayer doesn't bring God down to us, but lifts us up to him. And when I heard that, I compared those those words to some of the lyrics that I was listening to in secular music and I said man these writers in in hip hop or secular music is no way they're on the same level as this writer I don't know who this is but it's so profound and that's when I started to make the decision I can't listen to that stuff no more I can't partake in those things anymore that's low level stuff now I'm being introduced to heavenly things now I'm being introduced to things of a whole another caliber. I was always interested in my mind being like the best of the best. I always wanted to fill my mind with the best thing. And when I got introduced to the Bible, it took me to another level where I wanted to fill my mind with things that will give me life. A friend of mine put it this way, it's kind of like a mind upgrade. Amen. Now in terms of investing because you spoke about investing you know into building your your business and being an entrepreneur and so on today you are investing in upgrading your mind so the question is it um how do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth for me one of the biggest blessings of my life that i have done now is by making the decision to listen to the bible in the morning or as soon as i wake up in the morning the first thing i try to do is i open my bible first because we are addicted to technology cell phones and i do my very best if i'm going to touch my cell phone is mainly to turn off my alarm 
But the first thing I do in the morning is I go to my Bible and I read my Bible. I read a, a devotional. I read Spirit of Prophecy and I listen to music and I pray. So I have a playlist that I listen to in the morning that's Christian music. And I just set the tone for my life. So I'm reading a passage. Like right now, I'm reading through Matthew, but I've been having a little uh, like difficulty of what exactly I want to focus on because I've been reading Matthew, then I've been jumping to Genesis, and I've been having fun reading from the beginning of the Bible. And then I've been reading a little bit about David, Psalms, and reading a little bit about Moses. So right now, I don't have like a concrete like strategy right now. I know there's times when I went through the book of Philippians or there's times when I was reading through Proverbs, but right now I've been just jumping. I, I've been preaching and reading Matthew. So now I'm in Matthew two. So I decided to read over Matthew again to meet Jesus again. So that has been transformational for me just every day, starting with the word. And then now making sure that I'm implementing the word in the evening too. So I read books, like I'm an avid reader. I love reading. And even now that I'm finished with school, because I read a lot during school, I have to read my classwork and I have to read to prepare for sermons. And I read for fun because I enjoy reading. I'm fortunate and I'm blessed by the grace of God to enjoy reading because I know there's a lot of people who they don't enjoy reading. For me, I love to read and learn. So that has been amazing for me. But the thing I've realized is it's a difference reading because you enjoy reading or you're good at reading. And it's another difference between taking a scripture, taking one line and spending time with God and knowing that he's present, like knowing that while we're talking about God right now, while we're talking about Jesus right now, he's here with us now. He's moving now. He's listening now. He's transforming us right now as we speak, as we listen to this podcast. Jesus is working in our lives. And to faithfully believe that, it makes a big difference from just reading your Bible or reading a devotional book and looking at God as if he's far away in the sky and he's just working far away in the sky. And it's the difference between believing that God is here with us right now with our problems, with our challenges, working for us in our behalf. And that is what we need to truly understand when we wake up in the morning and we read our Bibles. And what has been helping my life to not just read about God and to do a devotional about Jesus, but to really talk to him as a friend. And the reference, just so we all want to use the reference is Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And the reason why I'm saying that is I can tell you my devotional life. I can tell you what has helped me. Yes. And you can take tips from that. And that is a great starting step for anyone that wants to be a Christian and wants to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But more important than that is being grounded in the truth, in the fact that while you open up the word of God, while you pray, while we are talking on this podcast, Jesus is with us right now. That's it. Jesus is with us right now. 
as you speak about reading the Bible and sharing um, the different stories, what would you say to someone who maybe has never heard about God or is struggling to understand, you know, the whole idea of God as you at moments in your life also struggled? What would you say to this person about God or maybe better yet, who is God or Christopher Finley? So if we're going to talk about God, we will have to talk about the story. And the most beautiful story is the story of the Bible, you know, where when we look at the Bible, I've been reading a book lately by uh, Paul David Tripp, and it's called Do You Believe? And it's talking about the fact that he's referencing the word of God and saying the word of God is a story that reveals to us that our life is not just about us. It's not just about us. It's about the one who died for us. And as we pay attention to God and his story, we realize that we're supposed to live a life that gives him glory and not just spend so much time focusing on ourselves. When we wake up in the morning, every single day when we read our Bible, it reminds us of who we give glory to, which is God. And when we don't read the Bible, we are so focused on our life and our problems and what's going on that then we live a life that glorifies self. So the reason why the Bible is so important to us every single day is because it's letting us know that it's not just about us. We're living this life for the one who saved us. If we look at the Bible, if we turn your Bibles to Genesis 1, 1, the word of God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So as we look at the beginning of the Bible, we see that this is a beautiful story of God creating the earth. And then we get to Genesis 1:29, And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. So not only that, but he, he showed us what to eat from the beginning. And then uh, Genesis 1:26. then God said, let us make man in our image. So we don't come from just some um, evolution of apes and, and like sea creatures and liquids. We come from the hands of a creative designer, the greatest designer in the world. And we come from the hands of Jesus. And so now we come to Genesis 3, because a lot of people are wondering, all right, why is the world so bad? What's going on? Genesis 3, we know that the serpent, it says, now the serpent was born more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said to you, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman proceeds to eat from the tree of the garden and Adam, her husband, goes and eats too and disobeys God. Now in Genesis 3.15, we see, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So God to me is from the beginning a problem solver. Then we see the whole Bible. As we are walking through the whole Bible, we have stories of this coming Savior, this coming Messiah that's going to make things right. And, and the reason why I'm breaking this down is because this is very important for us to understand this if we're going to talk in general. Like I want us to understand what the gospel is, what it's all about. Then we get to Isaiah 53, verse 5, and it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So the reason why I bring this up is because we know God created us. We made a mistake. 
he provided a solution. Now we have all these prophets pointing to this Messiah that's supposed to come, but not only come, but take the pain, take the death that we deserve and put it on him. And not just anyone, but the one who was there with God in the beginning. So now when we turn to John 1, this is where it gets good because John 1 it says it right here for us so that we can understand why Jesus is so significant. Why Jesus is, is who he is, is because John one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now we turn to John 3.16 because I wanted us to get a background. Now, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So now we come from God creating the world. Who is God? He's a creator. He is all-knowing. He is all love. He, he put us in the garden. He told us. He gave us commandments. He told us to work there. And he, he gave us the regulations and the rules. And within three chapters later, we broke the rules. And then we have this story of God redeeming us through the whole Bible of Scripture, pointing to this coming Messiah. The coming Messiah is Jesus. But we know from John 1 that Jesus was with God in the beginning. So it had to be Jesus who knew the love of the Father who created all things with the father, who was there with the father again. Only Jesus could have came and done it because he's the only one who truly understands the father's love and could go and, 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 and reconcile the world to himself. So God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So when we talk about the fact that why are we living, who are we living for? We're living for Jesus because now we have life and we have life abundantly in him. And now we, we look at John 14, 1, and this is where it applies to us today, but what we are going through right now. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. So this is important now because now with everything that we're going through, now with all that we're experiencing, whether we be missionaries in Japan, whether we're a student, whether you're a listener and you don't know Jesus, Jesus is saying, I created a plan for your life. You're special. You are loved. And you are loved so much. God loves you so much that he came and died for your mistakes. So you don't have to die that death on the cross. And now... He's preparing a place for you, bring you back to himself. And then we turn to the end. And this is where we come to the end. We come to Revelations. And this is where it all sums back up. This is what it's all about, right? It's all about this. It says, Revelation 21, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there's no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So this is 
This is what it's all about. We are here spreading the gospel, sharing the everlasting gospel with the world, telling the world there is hope. This is not the final place. This is who God is. God is not a God that is just trying to destroy us and hurt us. God is a loving God. God has a plan for your life. God has bigger plans for you than you could ever even think of. God has blessings for you than you could ever even ask for. God is simply just asking us to give our lives to him. That's what God is speaking to me today. That's what God is speaking over my life. I have plans for you. You're special to me. I love you, Christopher. And you can put your name there. I love you, blank. I love you, Marlon. I love you, Karen. I love you, Elton. I love you, Paolo. I love you, Edis. I love you, Justin. He's saying that to all of us, that I love you. I have a bigger plan for your life. And the only thing I ask for you to do is come to the cross and allow me to save you and transform your life through the blood of the Lamb. As William McDowell says in his song, You Are God Alone, the first verse says, You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. And that is exactly what you have just outlined to us, starting at Genesis all the way through to Revelation. As I look behind you, I see that you have a shelf well stacked with books and you have outlined to me, you know, some books, Steps of Christ and others. The question is, what book or books have you read that would have had maybe the greatest impact on your life? Uh, for me, I would say the book that made the biggest impact on my life is the Bible, because I read all these other books and I read a lot of books. Every single book I read, especially if it's a good book, it just, it just reminds me how I need to go back and read my Bible. I feel like the Bible is intimidating to us because we know how powerful it is and how it confronts us in certain cases, is God. God speaks to us through his word. That's how God speaks to me. And I feel like at times we'll run away from the Bible because we know God is going to speak to us directly. And there's times when we want to hear what other great writers have to say or how they break stuff down. But when it comes down to it, the greatest writers in the world, especially when they're speaking of the things of God, the greatest writers encourage us to go right back to the source. And that's the word. So I have to always recommend the Bible as the number one book, because every time I keep reading these good books, it keeps talking about how great the Bible is. And there's no book in the world that speaks to us like the word of God. The thing about it is we have to take our time. And that's the hard part. It's not easy to read the Bible because the word of God is not something that you're just going to get all the gems from surface level reading. It comes from breaking down the text and reading the text and spending time with the text. So with me, even in my life, I know that I could have a closer and closer walk with God as I search the scriptures, as I go through the word. And there's times when I want to run away from the word because I know it's I'm like, oh, let me just read a book. You know, let me let me read a book. But as I go back to the word, I just got a new Bible today as a um as a graduation gift, Oklahoma Academy Bible, you know, Humble Lamb. This is one of their new Bibles. So I just got this one. So I'm excited to read it. But yeah, so this is the greatest book. This is the book I would recommend. You know, of course, Steps to Christ, Desire of Ages, Great Controversy. Those are books that 
make a big impact on my life because it shows me how to dig deeper into the word of God. But when it comes down to it, I'm learning more and more every day. It's all about the, the Bible. It's all about the word. Yeah. Ellen White says exactly that in the book, uh, Education. I can't remember the exact quotation word for word, but I know it says something around the um, greatest treasures in the Bible cannot be obtained by careless surface level reading. But as we dig deep, that is when these will unfold to us. Speaking of books, you are also an author and the founder of AdventPreaching.com. So I would want you first to tell us a bit about the book or books that you have written and then shed some light also about this work that you do at AdventPreaching.com. So AdventPreaching.com was a calling that God placed on my life, and it came from this scripture, Matthew 24, verse 14. So if we go to Matthew 24, verse 14, and the reason why I always try to read scriptures is because I want us to point us back to the word of God as the foundation of all we say, do, think, move, be inspired to. And it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And that is life-changing for me because I realized, man, this gospel is going to be preached to all the world. We're going to preach Jesus everywhere. And that is very inspiring. So that inspired Advent preaching. It's a platform that uh, trains and equips lay preachers to preach the gospel, to preach in their local churches. So we do online interviews. We do in-person trainings. We visit churches and it's all going back to John 3, 16, the gospel for God so loved the world. And then now we also look at Matthew 28, 18, Matthew 28, it gives us the great commission. And what I love about the great commission is because it's telling us it doesn't matter who you are. If you go out there and preach, don't be afraid. Jesus is saying to us, don't be afraid because Jesus came and spoke to disciples, right? Because if we look at 16, it says, Matthew 28, 16, it says, Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus has appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, right? And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Amen, 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 amen. So that means if you are preaching Jesus, if you are doing something for Jesus, if you are running a podcast for Jesus, that means that Jesus is giving you the authority to preach the word. You are working for the one with all authority. There's nothing to be afraid of. Go. Now he's sending you out there. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So now we have this gospel that God is telling us to go out there and preach and share, but to also realize that he's giving us the authority. He's going with us. He's with us now. He's going to bless our efforts. He's going to bless everything that we're doing. We may not see it now, but it's coming. The blessing is there. And even if we don't see it on this earth, we're going to see it in heaven. Amen. Then we also need to understand this, right? Romans 10, 14. Romans 10, 14. Why? Why is there Advent preaching? Why are we doing what we're doing? What is, what is the basis behind it? And if we look at Romans 10, 14, it says, 
How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? So we need preachers. We need preachers. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Okay. And then it says, and now this is the good part. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So now we're going out there. We're going out there into the world. We're talking about Jesus Christ. We're preaching the good news. We're preaching peace. We're telling people, you don't have to be worried. Don't let your heart be troubled. He's preparing a place. You don't have to be weighed down by your sins. You can go to the cross. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You go to the cross. You ask Jesus for repentance. He washes you from the blood. And then guess what? You look in the book of life and it says, redeem, redeem by the blood of the lamb. And he's preparing a place for you. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the three angels message. Go out there, teach the world, fear God. Worship him who created the world. Worship him who saved you on the cross, who loves you, who has a plan for your life, right? This is what Advent preaching is all about. We believe that if you train and equip young people, if you train and equip people to preach the gospel, they will go out there and preach. And guess what? They're going out there with the authority of Jesus. I believe this. I believe it with my heart and soul. And then it says in Revelation 14, 6, and then I saw an angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who have made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. So this is why we have Advent preaching. This is our mission. And our plan is to train missionaries who will go across the United States, who will go to Japan, who will go to Africa, who will go to Antarctica, who will go to Peru, who will go to South America, who will go all around the world preaching the gospel and telling souls about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And let the church see amen. I also noticed, as I mentioned before, that you're an author. You have written a book, Seven Keys to Highly Effective Preaching. And I have not gotten a chance to read that book. So if you could just share in, in a summative way, what are these seven keys or maybe just a snippet of the book? You decide what you would like to share with us. All right. So you're in Japan? Yes, I am. But you're from Jamaica. That's right. So that means I'm going to send... One book your way. One first class. You like that? First class. So I want to support you. I want to support your ministry. I'm going to send one your way because I know you're preaching Jesus. And I believe that um, these seven keys is what I learned from my mentors. I had a mentor. His name is Pastor Kilgore. He taught homiletics at Southwestern Adventist University. And he made a big impact on my life. I used to bug him and say, I want to preach. I want to preach. I want to preach. And I asked him, how do you preach? He says, Chris, there are seven. He gave me six and I added one. So he, he told me, you first, you have to grab their attention. That's number one key or principle. You tell a story, right? Number two, you'd state the problem. What is the problem that needs to be solved? What is the need? Number three, that need, that problem is solved in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. So you point the need to the, the need solver, the, the ultimate giver, 
the ultimate healer, the light, the savior. His name is Jesus. You point them to the cross. After that, you need a phrase. You need a main point that they can remember. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. John 3.16. If you're going to preach John 3.16, believe, believe. Then after that, they want to know, okay, if you want us to believe, but how do I make that applicable? How do I apply that to my everyday life? So number five is you're going to have the application because you want to make it real to us today. What does believing look like? If we say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe it in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What does that look like today? What does that look like now? I'm believing when I go to church. I'm believing when I go to school. I'm believing when I'm running my podcast that this is going to get out to the right people and touch souls and win souls for the kingdom of heaven. I'm believing when I take an exam. I'm believing when I read my Bible. I'm believing in the midst of my problems. I'm believing in the midst of my trials. I'm believing that God has a plan for my life and he's going to make a way. And I'm walking in that belief. That's a living belief. That's a lifestyle. That's what my foundation of my life is on, faith. So you want to apply it to their everyday life. After that, you want to conclude. You want to show them the journey that you took them on and point them to the cross. If you have not been believing, I know how it's like. Some of us, we've been troubled. We've seen Jesus rise, just like in Matthew 28. Some of the disciples doubted. So I know what it's like, because as a disciple of Christ, there's times when I've been doubting. Now you want to start to make an appeal. This is the last part. And you say, if you have been doubting in your life, this is the time now where God is calling you to believe, to believe, stand up and believe, believe who here today wants to make a decision to come to the cross and say, Lord, you know, I've been struggling with my faith. There's been challenges. There's been things I've been going through. And I've been questioning if you are going to make a way, but there's no way. I've been doubting. But today I want to stand and say, I want to believe. God, help me believe. Is there anybody here today that wants to say, I want to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to believe in his power. I want to believe in his word. I want to believe that there's nothing that could separate me from the love of God. I want to believe and I want to walk with that belief every day in my life so that when those clouds open and I see my Lord and Savior face to face, I can hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join me in my kingdom forever. Amen. Is there anybody that wants to say that? And then you make an appeal and you ask them to make a tr life transformation decision to either accept Jesus Christ in their Lord and, as their Lord and Savior and be baptized or you're asking those who already accepted Jesus, but have come away from the fold, who have been struggling that week, who have not been reading their Bibles lately, who have not been praying, who have not been dedicating their every second moment of their life and surrender to God, to come back to the cross, to bow down, to surrender it all, and to say, I believe. Amen? So those are the seven steps. You tell a story, you grab their attention. The second two, problem. Third, solution in Jesus. Fourth, main point. Fifth, application. Sixth, conclusion. And the last, you bring it home with a life transformation appeal decision. Those are the seven keys to highly effective preaching. And if you use those seven keys, I believe that you will win souls for the kingdom of heaven. Keys to unlock the heart of those who listen. Seven keys of highly effective preaching. I am sure by now the listeners are keen up to find out, you know, where can I, you know, 
get copies of this book or how can I learn more about Advent preaching? Because I know you have a website, so I'm just going to allow you the opportunity to share with the listeners where they can actually find this website, how they can make connections with you. Okay. So this website is adventpreaching.com, A-D-V-E-N-T, Advent Preaching, P-R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And our website has resources where you can see videos, sermons, instructions. You can get free guides, free resources, free eBooks. You can go there. And the whole purpose of our ministry is to train and equip lay preachers to preach the gospel all to the ends of the earth so everyone can know about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So visit it. And the book, you can get that from the website or you can get that from amazon.com where there's shipping worldwide. We even have shipping to Japan. And you can even get it in an ebook form. If you can't get the physical book, you can uh, get the ebook form. So uh, yeah, support it. If you uh, feel compelled to get the book, get it. And if you are preaching in a local church or you're preaching as a missionary and you need the book, email me, Christopher at adventpreaching.com. And I would be more than happy to get you some resources or even a copy of the book. Um, if you are a missionary and you can't afford it, I'll be more than happy if you, especially if you need it for preaching the gospel, I will be more than happy to share the resource with you. And one thing for the listeners, Christopher did mention that there's also a scholarship uh, program that is available for students. So I am not the best to tell the listeners about that. So could you just also share what this scholarship program is all about? So right now, Advent Preaching, we have a scholarship program where we are funding the education of theology students, educational students worldwide, and we are supporting missionaries. Right now, the program is still expanding, but as of right now, we have one student in West Africa who we are helping. We have another student in the Philippines, and we just expanded to Mexico, where there's a university that I visited called Linda Vista University. And Linda Vista, it is one of the most beautiful Adventist universities in the whole entire world. If you never heard about Linda Vista, please look it up. Google it. Universidad de Linda Vista in the Chiapas Union in Mexico. It is on the top of a mountain. It is one of the most beautiful places in the world with the most magnificent food. It's fresh. It's amazing. And they have one of the most spiritual programs where they train their theology students, train their educational students to go out and be missionaries. So what we are doing is we are contributing book sales to go towards a scholarship for them this year, which I'm very excited about because the Lord is providing. Yeah, we're looking to expand this scholarship program all around the world and to be able to fund missionaries all around the world. So, you know, it's been a blessing. God um, has been moving in a mighty way. And I'm grateful to Jesus for how he moves. He's amazing. And I appreciate him so much. Thank you, Jesus, for all you do for my life, for our ministry. And yeah, it's a blessing. I, I could truly say that God answers prayers. If you write it down, if you pray about it, if you dream big and you know that we serve a big God and you pray big prayers, I believe that God will do mighty things for his mission. And I give him all honor and glory and praise. I can honestly say right now that Jesus saved me. He gave me a second chance at life. He continues to give me chances every day and he uses me. I'm very grateful and I'm excited about the plan that Jesus has for my life. 
And I would like to spend the rest of my life, every breath that I breathe, uh, giving my life to Christ and being filled with his Holy Spirit so that I could continue to do the things that he places on my heart. So everything you've been seeing from Advent preaching and the book is simply God putting things on my heart and me just walking in faith. It was, it was very scary at the same time because I faced fears in the past of worrying about what people would think about me or being afraid of using my talent. I didn't want to offend people. And some people may say, oh, why would people be offended? And we live in a great controversy. So sometimes you face challenges for using your talents for God. Sometimes you face challenges for preaching the gospel and wanting to be active in service for Jesus. But through it all, I've prayed, I've fasted, and I've asked God to fight the battles that I can't fight and to go before me and to go behind me and to go at the side of me and to go in front of me and to fill me with his Holy Spirit and to help me surrender it all to him every day and to do it for his honor and glory. And that's my prayer, to dedicate my life to the mission and to work to save souls for the kingdom of heaven. And I pray that if you're listening, you can join me in this mission. But most of all, you could keep me in prayer, keep Advent preaching in prayer, keep our our mission in in your prayers, keep the scholarship fund in your prayers and um, everything that God is calling us to do. I pray that he will give us the strength to do it. There you have it. And Christopher has outlined to us the web page and also how you can actually reach out to make contacts with him. You spoke about, you know, having fears or you know challenges but what would you say would surprise most persons about you um i think when people get to know me they'll see i'm just like a big kid like i'm like a teddy bear that really just wants love i think we all live in a world where we want to be understood we all want to be understood but when it comes down to it like we just all need jesus (laughs) we just all need jesus it's all about jesus i like to read i like to eat food. I like to cook. I like to travel. I like to see the world. I like basketball. I like nature. I like photography. I do graphic design. I like family. I really like laughter. Yeah. God is amazing. Once you spend time with people, you get to know them more. And I really love the mission in Jesus. It's exciting for me. It's really exciting to see people like baptized and to see people give their life to Christ and to see people be transformed. That has taken up a lot of my life lately. I'll be honest. And it's exciting. And I'm, I'm praying about finding balance and, you know, because it's become fun, like ministry and life and preaching and Jesus and Pathfinders. It's just amazing. I really find it fun. I enjoy it. I really enjoy serving the Lord. So I'm praying about balance right now, finding the balance between work and rest and play and family and eating. So it's a blessing. That's one thing I pray that people would know about me. And I really appreciate you highlighting how much excitement and how much you're enjoying, because that's the thing that many persons think about, you know, being a preacher, being a Christian, that, oh, it's a mundane, monotonous, boring lifestyle. But as you have shared there's so much excitement. I must say thanks, Christopher, for taking the time out to share with us your story today. Our guest today is Christopher Finley. He is an author and founder of AdventPreaching.com. He has just shared with us that he has just finished 
Well, as we are speaking today, he just has two more weeks left in school to finish his studies. And I want to uh, leave with these last words. I want to say a big thank you for having me. Thank you, brother uh, Marlon, for your your missionary efforts and what God is doing through you in Japan. And I want to say thank you to my my family, my mom, my dad, my little brothers and sisters and just people who inspire me. I want to thank uh, my university, Southwestern at Venice University, for paving the way for me over the last five years and teaching me about knowledge, faith, and service. I don't know if you all know about Southwestern at Venice University, SWAU, S-W-A-U dot E-D-U. It's uh, Adventist University located in Keene, Texas, and the tagline is knowledge, faith, and service. And through my last five years at Southwestern Adventist University, I can truly say that I have experienced Jesus. I've gotten closer to Jesus. The staff has ministered to me. I build lifelong friendships on the campus. So I truly support and believe in Adventist education. And I support it. I believe in it. And I'm a living testimony that God has worked through this university to minister to me in my life and also has provided for me financially. So if there's anybody here right now that's struggling with finances, God has brought me through five years in the name of Jesus, supporting my education, helping me through, and also continues to fund my life and my ministry now. And I thank the Lord for that. And I want to give a big shout out to our president, Anna Patterson, uh, who has been a blessing to my life lately in many different ways. And I want to thank the theology department at Southwestern Adventist University, um, Dr. Jorge Rico, Dr. Kilgore. We have Dr. Campbell. We have Dr. Azevedo and my homiletics teacher, Pastor Swoops, who is now in the demon program. And he's he's doing his doctorate in church revitalization. So I just want to say a big thank you to my school, my university, and for those who helped me get through school and paved the way for me to be doing what I'm doing now. So thank you for God using those people. You've been in tune to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. You can subscribe to weekly episodes on Apple, Spotify, Listen Notes, and Podcast Guru, or go to the App Store and download the AWR app. You're welcome to visit our Facebook page, click like, and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walters saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world. 